Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Android Faithful, your weekly source for news, hardware, apps, generative AI, LLMs, all everything under the sun uh, in the world of Android. I am Ron Richards, and with me as always... And Jason Howell, and... Wind Wetdown. And... Michelle Rahman. Hey, gang, we're back. Uh, it's been Hello. a busy week. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah. It's been a it's super been a roller, busy, a roller coaster of a week. Kind of exhausted, yeah. and it's only Tuesday. I know. This is the <laughs> it's one of those kind of busy weeks. Android Faithful number thirty-one, our thirty-first episode, big milestone. It, we we it, it, uh, a month worth of shows. <laughs> Everyone likes a number that you can't that is non-divisible by any other number. Exactly. Any other it's whole, prime. Prime, it's prime time. Exactly. Yeah. Prime time. It's always fun. It's always times. major when it's a thirty-one. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly. true. But. Um, <laughs> that was a good age. Uh, but yeah, but before we get into the news and all the exciting stuff, because we have a packed, packed show tonight for you with a ton of news, ton of stuff going on, f- some h- fun hardware stuff. I've, I've got on on hand here the uh, OnePlus 12 and OnePlus 12R. We're going to take a look at those. Um, I have not opened the boxes yet, so we're going to do that live together together. <laughs> I didn't but, um, uh, but real quickly, just want to, out of the gate, want to remind everybody and thank you for supporting us over at patreon.com slash androidfaithful. Um, that's where if you like the show, if you like what you're hearing, if you like what you're seeing, if you like any of the anything we do that's where you can go to show your support um, and folks who sign up get access to our exclusive discord you get access to an ad free uh, audio feed of the podcast no ads at all the, the way that everybody likes it um, and if you sign up uh, at one of the higher tiers you actually get a t-shirt with our logo on it Woo-hoo. which is pretty cool so um, thank you to everybody and later in the show we're going to thank some patrons specifically as well as share a news article that you that the patrons picked for us to talk about so very excited for that all right. Um, so with that, should we get into the news? Should we just get right to? Is there any other any other business to to, to speak of before we start? No business. No. no business. It's just party. Just party. Nope. Okay. It's just party today. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, because there ain't no party like a Gemini party. That's for sure. Um, we or or a a farewell party for Bard. Uh, or duet. Or or what is seeming like farewell assistant. Uh, which seems the way the, the, the way that it's going. There it is. There's Taps. Although they, they haven't offici- right. they haven't officially called it for assistant yet, haven't they? They haven't said assistant uh, is dead. 
right? We need like a Taps remix, like an EDM remix of Taps. Yeah, kind of more. Yeah, there we go. Well, so in between shows, of course, Google doesn't do it when 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 we could talk about it on the day of Tuesday. But after last week's show, Google rolled out Gemini. The new app for Android was released, along with news that Gemini Ultra 1.0 was out for everyone to try. Um, and let me tell you, from the moment they released the Gemini app, it's it, it has truly been a roller coaster, right? as we discovered what this meant. Um, the app replaces the default assistant operation once installed. That's very important to note. Um, assistant was left intact for non-smartphones, though. Um, the new Google app beta has a string that says Gemini mobile app is working on expanding availability to make it accessible on your headphones, which is interesting. Um, and you can, you know, we can guarantee that it's coming to other places, uh, too, eventually. Um, for me, the biggest thing, the biggest roller coaster I had with it was that I immediately installed the Gemini app and then I looked on my phone and I had two Gemini icons because they changed the assistant icon to the Gemini icon and changed the word to Gemini. And it was just very, very confusing. And then what we also found out was when you invoked the wake word, when you said, okay, gee, it pulls up Gemini, not assistant, um, which then had me panic that none of my home automation stuff would work. And I immediately uninstalled the Gemini app. So that was oh, my roller coaster. Wow. That was my journey. Right? You're like, I'm so, out of here. I'm out. That's what, that's what every dev wants to hear on their yeah. release. That's, <laughs> that's kind of like the worst case scenario. It was right so there. confusing. <laughs> it was so confusing. And it just and it, and and the thing also was that when they rolled this out last week, it rolled out in the United States, but not internationally. And that didn't happen until early, until yesterday, right? Where it's available in more regions. Like, I don't know about you. Did you get was this rollout as smooth as it could have been? What what do you guys think? <laughs> No. So one thing I was kind of curious about is why did Google announce this on Thursday only to like have it may be made available in a bunch of other countries and regions on Monday? Like it's now available in a lot more areas than it was on Thursday when they first announced it. And my initial thought was maybe they're announcing it on Thursday because they want to do a big splash, a huge uh, media campaign around the Super Bowl. Right. That would make sense. Sure, but then. Yeah. I mean, I didn't watch the Super Bowl, but I asked like people, like, did, was there a Gemini ad? And apparently there wasn't. So yeah, I feel like that was a big missed opportunity right there. It's very perplexing. This is very perplexing. The whole thing is perplexing. Um, when, Jason, did you install the Gem Gemini app? I've been calling it Gemini, everybody just saying so you know. Gemini app. <laughs> you just like to be different, Ron. Uh, I did not. <laughs> Although Gemini. I think my husband did, and then he complained that assistant doesn't work anymore and I, well, but assistant didn't work before well, well so oh, a, co a couple of things in 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 its defense and and michelle and i talked about this uh, during the week was that d this my lack of ignorance did not go further and go surface deep to realize that stuff my stuff in google assistant and the google home setup would still work under gemini like if i told if i said okay gee and gemini came out and said you know turn on the lights whatever that still works um but there was a list of stuff that doesn't work and i don't have it handy i should find it um or michelle you may have it but um uh yeah things like um adding stuff adding reminders that's the one or like adding events to calendars those are the two of the biggest ones yeah. like google said they're working on those but there's other stuff that aren't available for me personally, like the only thing I really cared about was home control, and that's there. Yeah. Other than that, like 
I didn't really use, I don't really like set alarms on my phone. I use, I have a Google Home smart speaker, smart display that I use for setting alarms and things like that. And all the other stuff I don't really use like routines on my phone. Um, yeah. So, so, so I just found, I just found the list here. So when you have jet, this is according to Android police and I don't know, Jason, I'll give you this, this link if you want to show it up on the screen for our uh, video viewers or not. But um, sure. there it is. It's in our chat. Um, so when you have Gemini turned on, so media service providers, podcasts, news and radio stations, and third-party music providers aren't currently supported in Gemini. Um, routines, so starting routine in Gemini isn't supported. Um, so shortcuts to start a routine and routines attached to alarms and a clock no longer work. Um, you can still start a routine with Google Assistant on home devices, um, like if you have like a Google Home Nest Hub or whatever like I have. Um, reminders... Um, like Michelle, you mentioned reminders don't exist in Gemini and interpreter mode. Um, if you use interpreter mode, that doesn't exist in Gemini, but it does exist in, um, assistant. So, so it's, it's not feature. It's not feature. There's no feature parody on Gemini and assistant. Like Gemini isn't truly an assistant replacement in my mind. And also the, the rollout just see like explain what's happening. Like when you when you've yeah. installed a assistant on so many people's phones and so many of the operating system, Gemini will replace assistant. Like like, I just feel as if they could have yeah, migra- big- they could have they could have migrated us a little a little smoother here in this rollout and this go to market plan. It, so. It's not like assistant I, was this fly by night you know random thing that yeah. Google you know was was uh, playing around with and then decided to pivot away from. It's been a very pivotal and major part of Google's strategy for the last handful of years when it yeah. comes to mobile. So I would I would absolutely agree. At the same time, like I installed the app and I was trying, you know, sometimes with these AI services, I'm like, I, like you, Ron, like, like you were saying, like, what the heck do I use it for? What do I search for? Sometimes I have to like really kind of, you know, kind of uh, coax myself into figuring out a good, a good test or good reason to use it. But I have a, t- a trip coming up next week. I'm going to Park City with the family. We're going snowboarding and skiing and stuff for, for the entire week. And I thought, oh, wait a minute. Gemini taps into my Gmail. It taps into my Google Docs. It taps into all these different things. What would it give me if I just asked it? I said, um, what did I say? Find the email that lists, uh, that lists my Park City trip details for next week. And it said, I found several emails about your Park City trip next week, February 18th through 24th. Here are some of the details. And then it gives the address of where we're staying. It gives the check-in time, the check-out time. Um, gives the, uh, you know, there are six adults and six children in your group. You know and this- then it said, the cost of the house is this and has already been split amongst the four families. The Howells have owed this much the you know and then it goes through everybody and these are all from disparate places like some of this is from a a doc that i was like keeping to kind of catalog some information some of this is from email so it's real so i thought that was a pretty and and it actually it also came back with the wi-fi network for the airbnb that we're staying oh that's pretty cool now (laughs) so it's a little random but still kind of neat what that sounds like jason is that sounds like all the questions i asked my wife that i don't get the answers to we're like wait a minute what how much was the thing again and like oh i don't know yeah (laughs) Yeah. so that is there we go gemini is your new spouse yeah (laughs) i think part of the reason part of the like the importance of this launch is that this is the highest profile, like the, the most accessible way to access a chatbot. Um, yeah. Compared to ChatGPT, Copilot, et cetera. Like Microsoft yeah. is trying really hard to put Copilot in front of you, like on 
the search bar on Windows that barely anyone uses, the widgets interface that barely anyone uses on Windows, and like on Microsoft Edge, you know, like they're pushing it really hard. But here, Google is putting it in place of Google Assistant on Android phones, and it's accessible from a long press of the power button, from a swipe up on your gesture bar, from all the previous ways you could use Assistant on your Android phone. And by integrating it with the default assistant, you can even say, hey, G, to, in- to invoke it. Like, it's so much more convenient to talk to and use Gemini than it is other large yeah. language models on yeah. Android. Yeah. And most people are using their devices. Like, they're not going to open AI dot whatever the website is for ChatGPT to right. talk to it. Like, yeah. And most people aren't using Bing, so they're not using ChatGPT through Bing either, right? So, like, this is... this gives Google, I think, like a huge leg up in sure. terms of getting their product in front of totally agree. User. But 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 again, I go back to that you've trained those users for years on assistant. And then you in one in one hand swiped it away. And like did they it like is the wake word hey G M I N I work does it work or no 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 the wake word hasn't changed. Right. That it same. would be it would be impossible for them to change just like overnight. They'd have to yeah. work with manufacturers. Right train it on the hot word yep. and like that would require that would be really complicated yeah, for them to yeah, do exactly. yeah a huge um, endeavor but um i just real quickly and then we'll move on um the 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 quick mention about the the note about it um uh being made accessible to headphones makes it very very interesting where then it's like it's in your ear basically and you can talk to it and get answers back and that sort of thing that that's what the, some of the speculation is around the headphone um aspect of it um but then a late edition right before the show actually friend of the show mr burke um who i believe is watching live in the chat because he's fantastic uh he shared with me this a uh, little bit of tidbit news that came uh, via the verge was that um so for example chat gpt your chat log with chat gpt when you're doing it they keep that for 30 days um Gemini keeps it up for three years. <laughs> so, you know, and so it says, you know, conversations that have been uh, reviewed or annotated by human reviewers and related data, et cetera, are not deleted when you delete your app's activity because they're kept separately and not connected to your Google account. Instead, they're retained for up to three years. So mm-hmm. all you're talking to Gemini is going into a Google storage system outside of your personal stuff for up to three years. Um, and I got to imagine that has to do with training the module and the learning module and all that sort of stuff that that's part of the larger thing of it. But like that's, you know, three years is bananas. So, um, I guess that's the price we're paying for the extra years of updates on our pixel phones. (laughs) This whole thing is a mess. Y'all. I don't think I've ever worked on a team on a product where it rolls out like this, where you're replacing something wholesale. And like, I mean, most users are not us, like are not faithful. They're just regular people that don't, pay attention to all this and then you change something on them most of the time when you're a software like a software producing company there's blowback from this but i can't help but feel because google and because it's google and they can do whatever they want and they'll probably not get too much of it i mean i the long the kind of the long game of ai and llms aside you're still going to try to make this work, even yeah. if it's nasty. I mean, the, the fact that they were like, we promised to fix all the parity and things just really quickly is not something that generally happens a lot in software development. I mean, it does at bad companies. So this is kind of astonishing to me. But again, it's Google. They have this like privilege of like scope and demographics. 
Yeah. It's real weird. I'm just cringing over here, but I mean, shoot, well, I I'm going to end up using it. I mean, I was just, I was just critical. I, I was critical of their go to market strategy, but I will defend them in this moment is that it does require you to download the app and say, yes, I want it. So Fair. presumably it's not as if like they did an, an auto app update to assistant and change it to Gemini and put, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like, it's not like YouTube put their songs on iPods. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. You know, so at least there's, there's some, self-user yeah. voluntary thing that's happening yeah yeah it's just usually like w- with most with most of the rest of us a first impression is really important unless yeah. you're google and then you get multiple first yeah. impressions and i, I will say google. the one thing i would like from gemini um is the fact that <laughs> i don't know about you guys but how many google accounts do you have oh too many right oh yeah so many so like jason mm-hmm. your, your example of of going to my email my Google One account that Gemini is that I have Gemini linked to is not the my primary email account. So mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. I would love to tell Google that hey, this cluster of accounts are all me, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. put them into my my LLM and give me results of all that. You know, um, that would be something that would be convenient for me. Otherwise, I got to do the account switcher and make sure I'm in this account to ask yeah. Gemini to go look for an email. Like that, that would be cool. Yeah, that would so, be really cool. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Hopefully, hey, I'm rooting uh, for him. I'm rooting for him. You know. Yeah. yeah I, just, I just want to say real quick um, correction because cousin of Ja um, put into the Twitch chat that the Google Docs integration was actually coming soon. And I think you're actually right on that. So it's probably my misunderstanding of those results because I thought that it was going to Gmail and Docs and that that information was only in Docs, but apparently it's in Gmail too. So I'm guessing those results all came from from Gmail. But definitely from multiple emails, not a single email. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. So thank you for the correction. All right. Well, so this is the Gemini. We're in the age of Gemini. So this is this is this is this is a uh, this is a moment in time that we got to mark. What was the what was Thursday's date? February eighth, February 9th? February eighth, twenty twenty four was the a new age of the Google chapter. So uh, then seven years from now, yeah. Google will destroy Gemini yeah. and make room for whatever the next thing is. <laughs> so, um, right on. Or maybe sooner. <laughs> Actually, who are we kidding? Sooner. <laughs> All right. All right. But to move from one roller coaster to another, Michelle, uh, what, what, what's what, what roller coaster are you about to get on? <laughs> uh, so, Android 15, like I said last week, um, is coming soon. Very, very soon. In fact, it could be it this week, according to a finding from 9to5Google. Sorry, uh, Jason, I'm shuffling it around just because it just flows better. Um, right. So, according to a comment left by a Googler on the Android Open Source Project, Android 15 could be landing as soon as this Thursday, which is in line with the release dates that they've been following for the previous um, Android developer previews. So that means Android 15 Developer Preview 1 on Thursday, and then Developer Preview 2, Developer Preview 3, maybe, and then the betas in uh, Google I.O. and beyond. So this Developer Preview, we don't know exactly what Google will be announcing and releasing as part of it, but we do know it's going to be intended only for developers, so manually installation will be supported only. You won't be able to sign up for a beta program and then have it rolled out to your device, and likely... Um, it'll only be available for Pixel devices. Um, if you're using a non-Pixel Android device, you'll have to wait for the beta program to be uh, getting access to it. And if you're wondering what new features and APIs and whatever other changes that'll be available in Android 15, there's a whole bunch that I've already talked about on previous shows, and and there are some more that I talked about um, in the week since the last show that I'm going to be talking about now. 
For example, when I was digging through the latest Android 14 QPR beta, and I know that's going to sound confusing, like, hey, why are I talking about why are there Android 15 features in the Android 14 beta program? That's because of the way that Google is developing Android 14 QPR program and the Android 15 um, release simultaneously. So, like, there's like a mix and match. Uh, between what features will appear in one branch and what feature will appear in another branch. And actually, those are all merged. It's a bit complicated, but basically, I am assuming and very likely am correct that these features that I found will be intended to launch in Android 15. And the first one is a new easy preset mode that should make your phone much simpler in terms of readability and navigation. And it's very likely this is intended for... Um, helping your grandma or anyone who has visual impairments use their phone much easier. Because like right now, Android has a ton of options and features and settings like all loaded around. But most people just need like a couple of home screen icons. They need really big text. They need bold text. They need um, very prominent icons. And it looks like this new easy preset mode will just flip all those settings on and make it much easier for someone who's just not as technologically savvy as those of you listening to this podcast might be. And uh, many OEMs like Samsung, Xiaomi, etc., they have their own similar feature like this. But this looks like it's going to be Google's native version of this feature that'll be integrated with the Pixel launcher and it'll be coming to Pixel phones. But um, I'm assuming like other OEMs that don't have a feature like this already could be building on top of it. Another feature that could be coming in Android 15 or maybe a one of the quarterly platform releases of Android 14 that I just talked about is a feature for the Pixel Fold that will allow you to continue apps once you close the device by folding it. So right now you have a Pixel Fold um, when you're watching a full screen video or in a full screen game, if you fold the device, um, most apps won't transition from the inner screen to the outer screen. But with this new setting that Google is working on, there'll be a option in the settings page that will allow you to enable a swipe up to continue feature so that when you have an app open on the inner screen, then you close and fold your device, you can swipe up on the lock screen to continue using it on the cover screen. And those of you who have tried the OnePlus Open may be familiar with a similar setting that's available on that device, and it looks like Google is basically borrowing or implementing that feature into their version of Android for the Pixel Fold. The next one that I discovered is a feature that's very likely intended to be Pixel exclusive. It's a adaptive touch mode, and this setting Um, seems to allow you to automatically adjust the touch sensitivity based on the environment or activities or the um, whether or not a screen protector is enabled. And it's not exactly clear. It's not defined in the code what environment or activities refers to, but it could be things like rain. So if you ever tried to use your phone when it's wet, you know that the touch sensitivity is really wonky. You like basically can't use it at all. And it looks like this adaptive touch mode might detect those kind of conditions, like when it's wet or when you have a screen protector on, and then automatically adjust the touch sensitivity so that you can actually use your phone. And then the next one is a revamped chat bubbles experience that's intended for large screen devices like the Pixel tablet. So this bubbles feature was introduced into Android with Android 11, And there are a couple apps that use it, like um, the Google Messages app, Telegram, 
and I think Signal also uses it. And this feature, this experience has not really looked that great on tablets because um, a lot of times these bubbles are hanging to the left or the right edge. But uh, if you use a wide tablet, it's kind of hard to reach your thumb on the left or right edge, wherever the bubble might be. Instead, this new bubble bar experience would be pinned to the bottom right um, screen side of the screen where the taskbar is. And then you can swipe up to open the bubble bar and then switch between active bubbles that are available you know, for whatever app you're using. Right now, as I mentioned, like not every messaging app supports this, but if you do use chat apps that support the Bubbles API, this will be a welcome experience and update to the experience on in Android 15, most likely, for tablets. Before we move and then, on, just real quick, show of hands, who activates <laughs> Bubbles and who doesn't? Activates Bubbles. On purpose? No. Wait, wait <laughs> purpose. hold on, on purpose or not? Okay. Uh, I, I suppose on purpose. Yeah. Who who who's, who makes sure that the bubbles are on? I make sure the bubbles are off. Same. Yeah. yeah just same. That's, that's, that might be a generational thing because Michelle looks Could like you're be. pro bubbles. The outlier. You're pro I, bubble. I don't. I only use it for like high priority contacts in certain okay. chat apps. Oh, like yeah. chat. Okay, like fair. people that I want to reply to immediately. Here's a question, Michelle. Yeah. Are any of the three of us a high priority chat? Oh, don't for that. No, no, no. <laughs> Not to put you spot. Well, I'll say that Discord, they, none of the apps that I that I talk to y'all in support bubbles. So <laughs> that's my oh, cop-out <laughs> answer. There we go. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent answer, sir. That is a that was a bullet there, there sir. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, sorry. And you need to derail. The last feature um, is something that is technically already rolling out in the Android 14 QPR betas, and it's this new... A uh, feature that seems to protect you from phishing attempts within apps. And I believe the name of it is if you open your phone on your, in the Android 15 QPR beta and you go into the security settings, you might notice this new scanning for deceptive apps settings page. And it looks like this settings page or this feature will detect when, um, I guess, suspicious looking apps try to show a pop up asking for your username and password. And it's not exactly clear what Google is going to be doing with this feature and how it detects whether or not an app is suspiciously asking for a username and password and how it differentiates between that from a legitimate app. But this settings page suggests that, you know, Google is trying to add a built-in anti-phishing protection feature into Android 15. Um, Hopefully they share more details soon once the developer preview is up. But uh, this feature, if you have the QPR beta already installed on your device, can be found under settings. All right. And that was that was the that was like the five posts that I made last week about the QPR and Android 15 related stuff. And I have even more that I want to do before Thursday that I didn't get a chance to do. So stay tuned for those. All right. And we can discuss those next week <laughs> as we go into it. But, but it looks like Android 15 is imminent, isn't it? Yeah. Feels uh, like it. It's in the air. Yeah. Uh, you smell that? I know. <laughs> well, hey, it is. It, it, wait a minute, though. Huh? Wait, wait, when is it coming, Michelle? Is it coming this week? It's coming Thursday? Thursday. The 15th? Yet again. Yep. Android 15 on the 15th. Oh, oh what a coincidence! Is, some, is, some, is someone at Google being clever, or is that just is that just happenstance? <laughs> so we'll see. <laughs> a little this, little that, maybe. Yeah, like, oh, we're going to release it on Tuesday. Let's just hold it two days and do it. On the <laughs> Let's do it on the fifth. Why not? Those do people it on that 15th? do those Android shows, they'll love that. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to run with that one. Oh man, <laughs> my word! All right, all righty. 
Well, so uh, it's been a while since we've heard from the beeper drama, melodrama, telenovela. Uh, telenovela, yeah. Yeah. When is is there, do you have any? Have you heard anything on the on the latest there? Yeah, there's there's something interesting happened. So the, so I um so recently there was the State of the Net conference, which is basically a kind of lecture conference series hosted by a nonprofit that's basically for. Uh, the public and for policymakers to kind of talk about, you know, things related to decentralized global internet, uh, communications, commerce, and democracy. And one of the um, Federal Communications Commission, uh, the FCC, the, there's five commissioners. One of those commissioners, Brendan Carr, recently sto- spoke at this conference. And Mr. Carr basically said that the FCC should look into whether the shutdown of beeper mini by apple complies with one of the fcc's rules and this rule is called part 14 and it has a lot to do with accommodating users with disabilities it actually comes from this like landmark uh, disability law called the cvaa the communications and video accessibility act and i mean car goes kind of into depth about it but basically it's kind of tapping into that same zeitgeist that we keep hearing about and have heard about over the winter of keeping or getting these kind of large companies you know, accountable for anti-competitive practices. And Carr comes at it from like a very, you know, slightly different take um, and kind of tries to use some of like the FCC's, you know, current rules in the books as, you know, uh, kind of uh, justification for it. And so this law that he talks about actually states in it that, quote, covered providers shall not install network features, functions, or capabilities that impede accessibility or usability. And so Mr. Carr really talked about the accessibility and usability kind of aspects of us and stating kind of inciting basically things like to, to, to a tiny extent, you know, whether the blue and green is accessible or not, but really the idea that because, you know, Apple degrades the experience or, you know, degrades certain things like, you know, photo and video and, and, and certain parts of the communication experience between iOS and Android users, he wanted to just basically have the FCC look into whether this kind of runs afoul of these rules. And there's a lot, I mean, I didn't actually go ahead and read rule 14 of the SEC, uh, of the SEC, like in detail, but it was really interesting because the, 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 he, he specifically said that he wanted to, you know, have the FCC uphold these rules in the effort to encourage accessibility and usability and basically just re- relate Apple's business practices to these things. And, and like, he kind of gave us like, um, a little bit of a caveat that, you know, a lot of these roles with the FCC kind of came about like back in, you know, back when I like ISPs were like the big baddies and kind of talking about VoIP services. But, you know, he's kind of trying to like basically encourage the FCC to kind of look forward and to look into these rules and look into Apple's behaviors in the context of this, um, which I thought was really interesting, mostly because I had a usability. Like, I, I mean, I, I, I really can't argue with most people um myself about you know yeah apple has the right to do whatever they want with their own services sure um but actually it's kind of funny because as i was reading this article i had my very first like uh for for the first time ever had an iphone user send me a video and so i know this is old hat i know to ron this is super old i can't believe it's 2024 and this hasn't happened to you yet yeah yeah like i i (laughs) it hasn't had me it happened to me the other day i was taking a lurgree class which is like to put it bluntly, luxury on steroids. And my instructor took a video for me because it was like really awesome. And, and she sent it to me. And it was the most potato video I've ever seen in my life. I was like all being all Instagram-y excited <laughs> to show it. And it was like really jarring to me. It was like, oh, I mean, like I think from a philosophical standpoint, I've really been angry for people, but this is the first time I've been angry for myself. Yeah. And so I do think that there is something to be said here about accessibility and usability. And, and the FCC, 
in, 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 in the speech was all about, you know, interconnectedness and compatibility. And so I just think it's a very interesting take on how you could maybe hold Apple to some account for this behavior going at it from this tack. I mean, this is just one commissioner at the FCC suggesting it, but yeah, brought the beeper thing back up and he's trying to like also kind of spread it, kind of like also anticipate like what's going to go on with AI and AR and VR and basically just saying, Hey, like more or less like our rules have been about ISPs, but these days the things and the entities that threaten, you know, competitive, you know, a good robust competition in the market aren't ISPs anymore. It's, he said on the edge, and I can only imagine he, he's talking about kind of edge cases that they didn't expect, like, you know, Apple and stuff. So anyway, someone else invoking the name of Beeper Mini. And I personally think kind of very interesting perspective. Um, and so we'll just see if this comes to anything. Um, it might come to nothing, but hey, it's Beeper. We can talk about Beeper Mini again for just a second and think about, <laughs> you know. I don't yeah. know. Um, but yeah, it was really funny. Potato videos. I don't know how you've dealt with this for years, Ron. It was awful. I don't know how it you haven't get, received any of these videos up until now. That blows me away. All of my friends and family are like engineers or their parents that have asked us to buy them phones. So well, yeah, everybody's I, been Android. It's, I mean, uh, that's fascinating. It's 2024 yeah. that, that you, this just happened to you the first time. Because I mean, it's to the point now really where is. I see a video come through on messages and I just know I'm no, I'm not going to be able to, to, to view it because of this reason. Um, um, oh yeah, but or but someone this, with an iPhone sends you something that like you want to keep forever, yeah. or you would normally want to add to your would photo like roll to. or your video, you know, I would. story. I just, I I tell them, you wouldn't even do, you wouldn't even do it with that. I say, like, I say, se- yeah. I say, send send me via. I've, I tell people send yeah. me stuff via Facebook Messenger that I know I'm on Facebook. I'm like at least some sort of data yeah. base, which is a good which is a good segue to actually um, uh, one thing that we're talking about at WhatsApp, which is um, we're going to jump. This was originally going to be in the app section, but we figured let's talk about it now. Um, so WhatsApp is changing to come in line with the EU's Digital Markets Act, which we've heard so much about, right? We've discussed mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. Um, and basically, it has to do with the interop, 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 oh, wow, I can't say it tonight, interoperability with other messaging apps, right? And how WhatsApp interacts with other messaging apps. This is exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, Meta wants to enable third-party chat apps to chat with WhatsApp users. So basically, imagine sending a WhatsApp user a message via Google Messages or iMessage, right? Which honestly is how everything should work. Yeah. Um, um, but the question is, how do you do this while maintaining any integrity of security and privacy of the conversations? Um, and uh, it's important to note that WhatsApp uses a signal protocol, so other messaging platforms would have to use that to encrypt their messages. Like the concept, and it's great to hear that WhatsApp wants to do this. Like WhatsApp wants to be interoperable, but the the questions that this is all going to bring up are just are are. You know, there, there's so many, you know, about how they connect and how they maintain the uh, encryption. Um, mm. It's it, it, we've unfortunately we we're dealing with the tech debt and a very big, you know, uh, uh, shoelace knot of trying to untangle the past 20 years of messaging. Um, and I don't see it becoming clean a- anytime soon. So and probably yeah. everybody believing that their system is the right system. Yep, you know, exactly. their approach is the right approach. And if there needs to be any sort of give, it's not going to be from me. Right. <laughs> but uh, you know, maybe at some point it will have to be, you know, but I, yeah, I don't know. Yep. Oh, oh, and I will say that basically all my iPhone friends know to use WhatsApp with me. So 
I don't know. Yep. There you go. All that training. Bring it back yeah. around. I, <laughs> I actually saw that like WhatsApp is actually gaining popularity in the U.S. It's great. And that, that's definitely a good sign yeah. if you like interoperable messengers that are decent. And that might be why, that might be the real reason why Apple is adding RCS support to the Apple Messages app because they're afraid of WhatsApp. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of, because they're certainly not being forced to do it. Yeah, they're not, be, they're not afraid of the EU so much, so to speak. Um, quick note uh, in the live chat uh, here in the live stream, Cousin Ajah says, between this and Threads integrating with Mastodon and the Fediverse, Meta has been quietly and suspiciously doing the right thing. Um, mm. Which is true. Meta Meta's making a lot of good choices these days. Um, I feel like they're a little bit of a sleeping giant. So <laughs> we will see. Wow. A giant, nonetheless. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. But hey, um, got to do the right thing every now and again, tip the scales yeah. back yep. in the balance sometime, I guess, I like, maybe. I, guess so. I like right things. Yeah, I like I right like, things, too. I like doing right things. And you know what? You all have been doing the right thing for us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we appreciate it. Patreon.com slash Android Faithful. Yes, we say it a lot during our show. But the reason that we do is because we appreciate you, because you support us directly and you enable us to do this show. And because you do this, we give you the ability to uh, tell us what stories you want to hear sometimes. So our patron pick, news story pick of the week, we had this uh, for a vote for our patrons. And uh, it was between three different stories at the bottom with 21% of the votes was OnePlus saying the OnePlus 12R has slower storage than was originally advertised. People were like, I don't care about that. <laughs> and then at 28%, it was Samsung's fix for the Galaxy S24's dull display is a new slider. People sort of cared about that. But the one that people really cared about has to do with none other than YouTube music. I did not think and- this would win, by the way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's kind of... Okay. Uh, (laughs) Basically, the cast sheet in YouTube music is getting an overhaul. So, you know, the changes, I wouldn't say the changes are like major, major. But if you look close enough, you'll see like um, and and here on the nine to five article, they're they're comparing it against the iOS implementation uh, on the left for video viewers in the middle is the way it is now. And if you've casted from something like at YouTube music to another device, it's like this over, you know, this overlay, this squared box that appears in the center with all of your destinations. Looks old. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Remember, isn't it interesting with design how at one point it feels fresh and new yep. and like, Oh my goodness, they're so with the times. And then yeah. over time it starts to look dull. And that's kind of what's happening here. You know, on, on the new version, they're rounding the edges, tightening up the list a little bit, giving you a suggested pool before showing some of the other destinations. Um, with the kind of the, the, um, overlay that allows you to change the volume of wherever you happen to be casting it to i mean on the old one you actually got a little bit more context right you got the album cover got a little play control on the new one yeah you just get a little slider but you don't don't need that though like like the the old one gave you more stuff but it was redundant because yeah because that's exactly what was behind the modal yeah right like from a ui perspective so like all you really need you need this to be functional let me know where this is playing i think this is this is a i mean this is a welcome change and you know and and is a little more the maturity as they uh, of the youtube music app as they they bring it up to where it should be to be what they want it to be you know yeah yeah so little design changes that yep. you'll see if you're still using YouTube music, which I am not really. 
Anyways, maybe you are patriot. I'm, I'm using of I'm using the show. I'm using it every day. Friends. By the way, I, that, it's it's right. my it's my music app of choice. And I okay. Do a couple use, of years late. You know, are you happy? No, where, where it's no, at? I hate it. I no, hate it. I, 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 <laughs> the the the. I think there's a direct correlation between the my decline of enjoyment and involvement in music with the direction these apps have taken and, and oh, all this. I definitely, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's things it's, it's, I do it because I have to, the majority of the time I'm in there for my kids. So it's just, it's nonsense. Yeah. Anyway, and so, well, that yeah. does so, change yeah, things but, for sure. Yeah. Suddenly Ooh, all of your yeah. recommendations and, and uh, right. yeah, but, recommendations but even, aren't even yours. But even then I feel like Google play music and it's really funny because I've been going through my basement. I've been cleaning out my basement and like going through old boxes of stuff. Cause I've still got, boxes that I moved to San Francisco that I never opened from New York <laughs> that then I moved back to New York that I never opened. And so oh, I'm finding yeah. phone. I've got one day we should do, we'll do something, but I've got a stack of phones like this high yeah. and I'm plugging them in and seeing like what year they're from and what was on them. And like, I, I did, I plugged one in that had Google play music and I got all excited because somehow Google play music recommended new music to me better and more effectively than YouTube music yes. does. YouTube yeah. YouTube music can't seem to figure out the genres I like and therefore filter out the stuff I don't like when it's recommending new music. It is like like um, YouTube music for new music recommendations is like walking into the supermarket and there's just like everything at you at once where what I want is, you know I like these genres, you know I like these bands, don't show me these bands that I, you know I don't like, right? Like I don't understand how hard that can be. So, sorry. Yeah, I, and, it, and it's Google, yeah. right? Because you expect, if anything, this is Google's jam is that kind of connection of data. Yeah. I mean, I use Title now just because Title and supporting artists and stuff. But I expect them to be not as good at recommendations, and they're like pretty meh, and they they're not very good at like expanding out. Like they basically recommend me the same damn two dozen songs given like the same starting point. It's just whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like I would expect at least, if anything, YouTube Music if they can't get the UI right, could at least get that functionality, which is what Google should be good at. Good. That's yep. disappointing. So I'm just yeah. going to stay over your title. Indeed. Well, thank you, patrons, for your votes. Patreon.com slash Android Faithful. And especially call out a few uh, a few patrons out there. Robert F. Frimering from Alaska. Luke Fletcher from Australia. And Jennifer Hamill from Tennessee. That's just three of the many, many folks who support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Android Faithful. Thank you. We literally could not do this without you. Nope. At all. <laughs> literally. At all. Thank literally. you so much. Um, all right. So now uh, let's go over to Hardware Town where I've got two very red bricks of uh, <laughs> cardboard that I, uh, I recently received uh, containing the OnePlus 12 and the OnePlus 12R or as Jason has officially started referring to it, the OnePlus 12er. The Twelver, uh, the reviews, um, or the, 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 the unboxing coming up next. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role 
like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yes. And so uh, what we'll do with this unboxing here, where do you want to go first? Do you want to go 12 or 12R? What do we want to see first, everybody? Um, Oh boy, do we go premium or do we go step down first and then now, work I wanna, up to the premium? I, I want to note here that I don't know what color these are. I have not looked at any of the any any of the back of this. All uh, I know, Ron, is, Ron, those boxes are red. The boxes are red, but I don't know. Okay. In the phones inside, <laughs> I don't know what colors they are. So, um, all right. Well, it looks How like exciting. the first first person in chat said the twelve R. So we're going to start with the twelve R. Um, the twelve R. Which, by the way, important to note that the twelve R is now on sale today. In fact, if you're curious about it, um, it's you know it's it's 4.99 USD. You can get it at Amazon, get it at Best Buy. Um, it goes on sale today. So if you're looking about getting the 12R, now's the day that you want to jump on it. You can get it on the OnePlus website as well too. Um, Powered by Trinity Engine. Yeah, interesting. Why am I only now seeing Trinity Engine? What the heck That's does that mean? Powered by Trinity they've, Engine. They've been talking about it since like the Oxygen OS 14 update announcement, okay. but. Uh, as for your question, what the heck is it? Yeah, that's a whole different base entirely because it's still not. There's <laughs> not a lot of clear. jargon, marketing <laughs> jargon involved there. All right, all right. But TLDR, it's something that makes your phone feel fast. Okay, hey, we like to have our phone feel thing. fast. That's pretty good. Yeah, so <laughs> like that. All right, so the OnePlus 12R. We're gonna start with that. Uh, comes in a very nice red box with the for our audio listeners with the big 12R on the front. Um, opening the box here, and we see the first thing you see is uh, OnePlus's slogan, Never Settle, as that's in the uh, little packet here, which contains, I think, a cable and the manuals and stuff. Yeah, no, just the manuals. The welcome, little welcome All the kit. print stuff that you never look All at. All the fun stuff you never look at, because what you want to look at is underneath it, you want to look at the phone itself. Aww. So I'm going to pop the phone out here. And uh, take it out of its little paper protective oh. sleeve. Oh, and oh! So you are a slider, not a peeler. Oh yes. Ooh. Ooh. So it looks like Very I got fancy. the color iron gray for the 12R. Here it is, uh, with a wonderful Hasselblad uh, camera uh, camera back in. I will say, it feels nice. Yeah, it doesn't. They do. You 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 would think the 12R being a 499 and more in the mid range. Um, you, you know, like when the when the Pixel A line first came out, and it felt plasticky, felt a little cheaper. This does not feel scrimped in the build quality whatsoever at all. No, the texture even looks great on camera. Yeah. You can kind of tell it's not yeah. plasticky. Yeah, just no, it's at not it. at it's all. Kind of, it's it's this yeah. nice. It's this nice. You can hear me scratching it, but it's nice. Um, uh, <laughs> um, uh, nice, nice feel for the body. Um, and yeah, it looks pretty good. I have. I literally, this is the first time I've opened it, so I haven't powered it up yet. Um, but I'm going to power it up. I'm going to put it through its paces um, alongside its sister or brother, the 12, which I'll now unbox here. Don't know what color I got here. Same box, red box with a 12. The only difference is the lack of the R. Opening it up, you get instead of a red never settle, you get a black never settle. Little, little documentation kit. And then let's, we see the phone there. It says OnePlus. We're going to take it out here. We're going to s- slide it out, Jason. I'm a slider. Not Slot, a, yeah, not right. a peeler. Sometimes peeling's fun. And there we go. And there it is. There you go. Oh, wow. I got the black. 
I got the what? What do they call it? They call it um, silky, silky black. Silky, <laughs> silky, silky black. Silky black. Silky black. And I gotta say, holding the twelve next to the twelve R, they don't feel different. Yeah, like twelve R feels a little lighter, right? It just feels a little lighter because it's you know it's it's a little smaller. It's got a little you know, but like they, you know, they feel pretty good. So nice. Um, what about the texture on the back of the the Ur versus the the non ur Honestly, they feel the same. Are they, they feel are they about the, the same. The texture feels the same. The phone yeah. the phone feel on these does feel the same. I will one say. Plus, what does OnePlus call it? Uh, subtle metal grains. Yes, yeah. It does. It, it does. It does feel like it's got you know, like you you got some uh, friction or like some texture. Like yeah. it does, it's not too slippery. Remember, Jason, when we went through the the slippery age of phones, when oh, phones were sliding yes. all over the place. Yeah. Um, but I will say, like, not only were they slippery, they were also rounded all over. So yep. it was just mm-hmm. like there was no holding on to those bad oh, boys. Oh yeah, sliding right off yeah. coffee tables Oof. and but, junk. But I will say, yeah. I like the camera bump, the Hasselblad, the big circle on the back because again, it, it gives it when you put the phone down, it lets it you know it, it avoids it, the sliding all over. It gives well, it well, it does, yeah. but it's also off center, it's, and yeah, that's true. what really bugs me. And actually, so I have been um, spending a lot of time with your open with the OnePlus open yep. for the last couple of weeks. I got it from you when I was in LA. Yep. And that's one of the things I really appreciate about it. Like there is no doubt that this is, and the same on those phones, you know, the, the camera bump is gigantic, right? Like they're not trying to hide it. It's, it's huge. It protrudes like there, it's a, a huge deal, but when it's centered, at least I don't get that annoyance of it being on a table and wobbling. Like, I don't know. There's just a part of me that really bugs me when, when yeah. the phone's just like, even when it's standing still, like I've set it there and I walk away and I look over and it's like kind of yep. teetering cause it's off axis and stuff. I don't yeah. know that, that just kind of teeter totter kind of mode. Yeah. Um, I will note the 12 R camera unit doesn't have the H, the Hasselblad H before it. So it's a little, you know, a little bit lesser of a, uh, camera, doesn't, doesn't uh, camera set up. Yeah. Um, and the color ca- enhancements and the, the, the camera, Hasselblad. the camera unit itself, the circle itself is a bit smaller. Um, just looking at it from a physical standpoint, but, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, so got the 12, got the 12 R going to put them through their paces. I'll talk about them a little more later in the show, but OnePlus also sent the, uh, wireless charger, which I was raving about when I saw, um, and as Michelle pointed out, is just the old wireless charger. But still, I'll take it. So because I don't currently have a wireless charger, so I was glad does it to, have a fan inside I was glad of it? To pick that up. Uh, it does have a fan. So there, <laughs> there it is. You go. There's the fan. I mean, it's doing 50 watt wireless yep. charging. You definitely need you a need fan. Need a fan. Yep, so. Needs to circulate some air for so sure. We'll play with that. So uh, yeah. So the OnePlus 12 R is on sale now. You can go pick it up if you're looking for a good mid range. I'm seeing. I mean, like. This is my review. This is just my first look at it because clearly you just watched me open the boxes here live on the show. But um, uh, I, I'm hearing good things about the the 12R and that it is it is like really for a mid range potential flagship killer. It 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 might be the real thing. Um, Michelle, I see you nodding. Ron, there's yeah. there's one thing I wanted to ask you to yep. test out. So apparently, one feature they're advertising on the OnePlus 12 is called quote Aqua Touch. And it's basically just it's basically OnePlus's version of that adaptive touch feature that Google seems to be working on for their Pixel phones. It like lets you use the OnePlus 12 while it's wet, oh, okay. which is a problem, as I mentioned, with a lot of other phones. So I'm curious if you ever get a chance, if you're ever using your phone out when it's raining, 
I do. No, I, see I, what the touch sensitivity is like, I, and see if it's actually better on the OnePlus 12 than your other device. I literally ran into that today, Michelle, because I was out. Uh, I was out shoveling snow, and there was a couple of times where you know uh, there was snow. There were uh, like snow was drop. It was melting, so it was dropping from the power lines above and stuff like that. And I'd get a big dollop on my phone, and then like it would go wonky. So um, I will. I will definitely check that out and report back to you uh, when I do the full review on the phone. So. Um, uh, so OnePlus 12R, OnePlus 12, um, excited to get some hands-on time with them. Um, and yeah, OnePlus, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for OnePlus these days. I will admit I'm a, I'm a OnePlus, I'm OnePlus Assance, as I've been saying, I think they're doing great stuff. Um, and it's really exciting to be talking about them, not as a punchline, uh, the way we used to years ago. So, uh, I think they're, 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 they're pushing the envelope. So it's pretty they cool. So. Unsettled, desettled. Yes. So. <laughs> Very cool. All right. Are you implying they ever settled? Isn't their <laughs> tagline never settled? That joke has been made on this show, there so was, I'm just there was making... a little bit of a settle period there, was a there for a while. It was a settle period. Yeah, they were yeah. settling. Yeah, they they settled into a device that didn't have their their signature alert switcher. You know, they caught back there. Mm-hmm. They unsettled again. Yes. So, so one plus one plus twelve one plus twelve R um, review to come. So there you go. Nice. I will say uh, Saturday was Lunar New Year, so all the red boxes are very auspicious. Or um, um, I took my kids to a Lunar New Year program at the library where they got to do like all these arts and crafts with dragons. And since then, my son's just been saying, uh, Dragon of the Year. It's, it's the dragon of the year. <laughs> and so me and my wife are going, Hooray, you're the dragon of the year. That's so. adorable. <laughs> excellent. Yeah, so. Excellent, excellent. Very cool. All right, what else we got in hardware? What's going on? What's breaking? <laughs> What's breaking? The breaking is uh, hopefully not Google's next foldable phone because, you know, foldables tend to be significantly more fragile than regular slap phones. Um, but we have a peek at what could be the Pixel Fold 2 because um, last week I got a tip from a source, an anonymous source, about um, a device, a photo they happened to get of the upcoming Pixel Fold 2, or what they say is the Pixel Fold 2. Whoa. And I found this source to be quite credible. And I we talked about some of the rumors last week in terms of the processor and the RAM and the storage. But this week, um, I got more hands-on like information about the device, including, as I mentioned, a photo of the actual prototype. So what you're seeing on screen, if you're watching the video, is a photo of the alleged Pixel Fold 2. And based on what I know, it looks like Google might be making significant design changes um, with respect to the first generation. So the first generation was one of the widest foldable phones you could get. When you unfolded it, it was basically a tablet in landscape mode. And a lot of apps reacted accordingly. Like you had apps like Gmail default to its tablet layout, Google Play Store tablet layout, every single Google app and every other Android app that had a tablet layout would use their tablet layout. But um, that Pixel Fold is quite unique in that regard because most other Android phone foldables, when you unfold it, they open up into a portrait landscape layout because they're um they're taller than they were wider so a lot of apps would default to their phone layout and they would only show their tablet layout when you actually flipped it over so this form factor is found on like the oneplus open or the galaxy z fold 5 um and while i don't know the exact aspect ratio of the pixel fold 2 just looking at the photo that i was sent comparing it to the first generation pixel fold and what i was told by my source it looks like the form factor is similar or closer to the oneplus open than Mm -hmm. the um, previous generation pixel fold so it's a lot more square it's not like a perfect square Um, you can tell if you're looking at the photo 
but it's closer to a square than the rectangle that was the Pixel Fold 1. But, you know, and that has some interesting implications in terms of like as the app compatibility aspect. Um, maybe they're doing this because a lot of apps just weren't optimized yet for landscape mode and tablet um, devices. So they're like basically Google is throwing in the towel saying, you know, we can't force developers to get with the times and support our devices and landscape and tablet mode, right? So while we're waiting on more apps to be, you know, compatible and natively supported with this aspect ratio, the compromise is to have the default portrait layout so that your apps look and behave as you might expect on a regular slab phone. Um, And then maybe in a future generation, we might return to that really wide aspect ratio. Or this could be incorrect because this photo that I was sent and the details that I was sent were of a device that's in the engineering validation test stage of the production process. And there's still a couple of steps left. There's still the DVT, the PVT device validation test and the product validation test and then mass production. But generally, like once you're in this stage, like the overall design is kind of finalized. There might be a couple of things that might be changing, but I don't think this design will significantly change in terms of like the overall aspect ratio from where we are now, from where it'll launch. And as for when it'll launch, um, based on the rumor that I heard last week in terms of the device upgrading to the Tensor G4 instead of the Tensor G3, it sounds like we might get a later launch this year. Instead of Google I.O., we might get a announcement in fall alongside the Pixel 9 series, just based on the fact that, you know, the Tensor G9, uh, sorry, the Tensor G4 that it's getting, um, you know, that hasn't been announced yet and would likely be saved for an announcement in the fall. One thing I'm noticing when I look at this, and because I have the Pixel, or sorry, the um, the OnePlus open, and I doubt you can see it on the screen, is that with the Pixel Fold, they were squared off. The display was squared off, and yep. you know all the design elements were really squared. And actually, what you're seeing in the the leak that you got a hold of is it's very similar to the the rear design of the OnePlus Open, as far as that kind of like rounding with the with the barrier that that um, that goes between. Like I'm looking at them side by side, and I'm like, wow, that is really similar. They're yeah, you notice the, 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 the corners are really rounded, and I I do right. like that aspect because I think when I was using the OnePlus Open. I didn't really like how sharp the corners were. They're not anywhere near as sharp as oh, the S24 Ultra that I'm currently using, right. but they are sharper than what it looks like on the Pixel Fold 2. And also, the other thing that the elephant in the room that I didn't mention is the redesigned camera bar on the back of the Pixel Fold 2. Like, it doesn't look like any of the other current Pixels. Like It's not the giant edge-to-edge uh, visor that all the other Pixels since the Pixel 6 have had. It's this squared-off camera module in the... Uh, top left corner and a lot of people are saying this is the iPhoneification of the pixel lineup and i don't know if i quite agree like maybe i don't know why they might be ditching that camera bar design it could be because um because they're making this device a bit uh narrower they just don't have enough room to have that camera bar go edge to edge and fill it with all the camera sensors they want so as you can see there's like there's if you're looking in the video feed this camera island has two rows two of camera sensors, yeah. two pills, right? 
and uh, if you were to lay them side by side, I just I doesn't look like there's enough space. Yeah, there's, yeah. Not, there's not enough length, right? Or, or right, yeah, there's not enough length yeah, on the back yeah, or width or whatever it is. You but, can't go horizontally one line because it's not wide enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. But de- right. <sighs> I I don't like the stacked look of the pills. I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, <laughs> it, it it looks like like they were on the same line, and then you shortened the margin, and instead of them like shrinking, they just went, "Oh, I'll just put it down there." Yeah. You know it's what I mean? Aw- like it's, it's awkward to me, but it's a little awkward to me. Yeah, you're not gonna lie. To be fair, this is a blurry photo of a pre-production totally. unit. Yeah, it might not. I, 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 might I, not I am one. hesitant to right. judge it right based on this. Yeah. Oh, I'll judge it, and hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully they're judging it too. They go, yeah, I don't like that either. But uh, you know, we'll see. But, but sad, so many yeah. times these things happen this early in the stage, and then we get it in hand. And we're like, well, actually, it looks good. Yeah. So yeah, you can't really judge at this stage. But I'm gonna miss having a tablet when I open the phone. I mean, if I'm just gonna have a portrait to square phone, I'm just gonna back to Samsung, y'all. That's that's just wow. it. Yeah. But I don't know. But I don't know. I found the. I mean, the the Jason, open up the one the the one plus open like. Like when it's open, when it's it feels it's a tablet. Like it it it's t- turn it around, Jason. Turn it turn, so you can start, like when it's open on the oh, on, to the full display. Like sure like <laughs> it it gives me like when I played with it, I preferred it over the Pixel Fold because what I got in height, I didn't was worth more to me than what I lost in width. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I mean, but I I agree. Yeah. But then I'm just gonna go. I mean, I I think well when I say Z Fold, I would do that or One Plus. But I I liked having an actual full width like tablet in my hand that's kind of like what was unique to me to go back to pixel yeah um i do i i i would I, yeah i mean i i get it like i, t- I totally get it but i don't know i i like variety right. in my foldable choices variety is the spice of yeah the advantage of the pixel folds super wide aspect ratio is that it actually makes side-by-side multitasking significantly better yeah. mm-hmm. like it, it was hard to do on the Z Fold 5 just because it's so narrow. Yeah. And I tried it on the OnePlus Open. It is more doable on the OnePlus Open yeah. than on the Z Fold 5. But I'd imagine just because of how wide the Pixel Fold is, it's, it's the best experience if, you, if you're having one app on mm-hmm. the left side, agreed. one app on the right side. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, yeah. Agreed. 100%. So, eh. I mean, but I get it. Like, the one with the OnePlus Open just had so much just, like, uh, almost universal praise. It doesn't, I mean, it makes sense for them to kind of move to what people like. Yep. Yep. Well, what about nothing? Nothing's over there. Like you're never talking about me. Um, that's that's what Carl Pay was saying. That we're with you. That's because they had nothing to talk about until now. They've been real quiet after ever since their messaging foray. Right when they tried to solve, uh, right, it's been very oh, very quiet. Man, what a <laughs> what a what an unfortunate moment. What was that, that thing called that again? Is, but... I forgot. The name of the nothing chat, nothing chat, yeah, yeah. powered by Sunbird. Uh, Sunbird, that's yeah. what it was, right? Yeah. Sorry, yeah, if, we're all just pretending that didn't happen. Yep. Yeah, yeah. they're if, pretending it didn't happen. If they'd have stuck the, if they'd been able to stu- stick the landing, that would have been a big deal. So it was obviously it was a gamble, but oh, that's a hard one. Anyways, mm. uh, nothing is hoping to erase your memory of any of that stuff uh, with a new phone coming March fifth, called the Nothing Phone. 2A. Actually, there's going to be an event on March 5th, uh, 6.30 a.m. Eastern, 3.30 a.m. Pacific, which is even too early for me. So um, <laughs> I'm not going to be watching, but I'll watch afterwards. Um, they're doing it as a, a part of a developer pro, uh, program, similar to what they did here in the U.S. with the Nothing Phone 1. We don't really know anything specific about it yet. No specs, no picks, no pricing. Carl Pay in this like promo interview that they set up 
Um, it does call out details on the device, sort of. He infers that the Nothing Phone 2, the the you know, the actual Nothing Phone 2 is for those who want a premium experience, and that there are others who have different needs. So, you know, that tells you this is gonna be somehow different. And then the two A tells you tells me anyways, that's probably going to be a step down in some way, shape or form. Um, not that it's bad, but you know, it's, like all the phones seem to have this in their catalog now. So, um, and then you can kind of see in this, in this thumbnail, they had some kind of scribbles on, on a page at one point in the video. And it kind of shows a, a little bit of the sketches of the two way. It shows a, a centered camera layout and then a redesigned kind of glyph pattern on the back, which actually, confirms that a leak that was saying there would be no glyph was a nothing burger. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I did it. Um, speaking of the glyph, nothing has announced its glyph developer kit. So any developers who want to uh, develop for the, the glyph lighting systems on the phone one and the phone two can uh, there's a GitHub page with info examples, tips for the setup, all that kind of stuff. That sketch looks like a kind of very rudimentary drawing of a human digestive system. It does. Yeah. Don't want to see where that comes out of the phone. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> the nothing phone too. There we go. Is it a nothing burger? Will it be a nothing burger? I don't know. Well, remains to be seen. We'll see on March 5th, but I'm interested. Yeah, I'm. I'm always curious what they're doing. I'm always. I'm always curious what doing. And whenever they open up a a dev program, like like inviting people to develop against what they're doing, like that's both like it's a little thirsty because it's like, hey, we want you to do you do stuff, but it's also, but like it's welcoming and it's opening. And if I was a developer, I'd be into it. You know, so yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, as a developer, I I suppose. Well, I guess I'm asking. When primarily you and you, Michelle, probably know about this too. As a developer, you're probably your alert system is is open to opportunities like this, right? How do you make a decision to go? This is an opportunity that's worth my time versus not, right? Because if you if you do, and it ends up popping, and you're one of the first people, that can be a real big opportunity. And I don't know. I'm not I, saying that this is, but. There's just not enough dev- nothing phones out there to justify yeah. for any developer team. I gotta I imagine. I, I can't speak for anyone else, but I imagine that's gonna in, be the case. In the US, I imagine a lot of people who will do these just are like, yeah, in yeah. The, are like independent developers and enthusiasts. Right. Yeah, yeah I, I would say an enthusiast. For me, I I don't think I don't ever see this flying at any company that I work with where it's a numbers game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and you just want to write, it, especially for something like the glyph, where it is so hyper specific to just a hands handful of devices. Like it's interesting, and I think it would be fun to do proofs of concepts that might inspire other people. But yeah, nah, I, but you know, Godspeed to whoever does want to do it. I, I do think it's like there, there's a lot of opportunity there, but it, it's it's a hard sell. It's a it's a it's a it's a uh, what's it's the whatever it's the snake eating its own tail, right? Like like it's not. Unless people adopt it or like start adopting the phone, and it's like we talked about with tablets. Unless there's enough of a mm-hmm, movement in mm-hmm. a direction, chicken and it, egg it doesn't make the yeah, it doesn't make the re- the return on investment. You know, like Michelle said, you know, valuable. Um, definitely not in the U.S. Like you know, I think nothing has is is 
a, a very, very big hill to climb in the U.S. You know, I don't know what the adoption yeah. has been in Europe, but it seems like they've been mainly focused on Europe and more. And even then in the style side of things, which is even a smaller niche of a niche. Um, so I'm curious to see what comes out of it, though. We'll see. So, yep. Yeah, I mean, if it was like an open, some kind of like open SPAC, open SDK, where you could conceivably apply, you know, the time and effort to another phone, yeah, sure. But that doesn't, that doesn't also, that doesn't seem like the nothing style. Like they, 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 they thrive on the uniqueness and their particular flavor of mobile. So, yep, yep, indeed. Not to, not to be, not to be like, you know, uh, uh, Debbie Downers rain on, on the, the nothing burger. Yeah. Rain, yeah. On the, rain on the parade. <laughs> but. Well. All right. Well, pick us back up then, Rajami. Well, how about how about a watch? How about to go with your mid-range nothing phone, a mid-range Xiaomi watch? So it's this is not actually officially announced by Xiaomi yet, but people have been noticing that a Xiaomi Watch 2, now this is in contrast to the Xiaomi Watch 2 Pro, uh, so anyway, this Xiaomi Watch 2 has been popping up on retail sites in Europe. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of, I'm not sure how that happens, re- retail sites, but no official word from Xiaomi. But <laughs> it is going to be a more affordable version of the Xiaomi Watch 2. In fact, a very similar, basically, other than a few things. So the, the Xiaomi Watch 2 Pro versus the Xiaomi Watch 2 as detailed on these, like, little premature retail site listings uh, are very similar. Um, the Xiaomi 2 watch is looking to be priced between 199 euro uh, and 219 euro. Uh, and that is in contrast to the pro, which is like between 270 and 330 euro. Um, and they're very, very similar. The design is about the same. The only thing is, is that of course being a more, you know, kind of mid rangey watch model, there are going to be some compromises to be made. And the biggest of those is going to be the fact that, while the Xiaomi Watch 2 had a rotating bezel, the Xiaomi Watch, sorry, the Xiaomi Watch 2 Pro had a rotating bezel. The Xiaomi Watch 2 does not. And it will be made of aluminum versus stainless steel. But I mean, other than that, it's basically the Xiaomi Watch 2, Watch 2 Pro, same specs, uh, same size, same display, water resistance, uh, even the same processor. They're both uh, allegedly, I guess, on the side of the Watch 2. Um, but supposedly using the Snapdragon W5 Plus Gen 1. Uh, same sensors, and I mean, and if we go by everything else, um, the Xiaomi Watch 2 Pro was running Wear 3. Point, uh, Wear OS 3.5, so probably could a decent guess that um, it's probably going to be all the 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 mid range version will also be running the Wear OS 3.5. Um, so yeah, like if you are in the mood for a Xiaomi watch but want to get one just a little bit. Uh, a little bit uh, more affordable range of price. Uh, keep an eye out for the Xiaomi Watch 2, which maybe Xiaomi will actually officially talk about at some point, uh, other than like letting it kind of <laughs> just, you know, slide under the radar <laughs> at yeah, retail you can, stores. You so. can still go to this listing at uh, Keskinskelo in, uh, in Finland, I think, and buy it. Yeah. Not available. Uh, you can't actually buy Yeah, it's listed. Oh. Oh, can't actually, well, I can't actually read it, so I don't know if I can actually buy it. (laughs) Here, I'll do Google Translate. There we go. Um, Room. Oh, dear. (laughs) Jesus. Translate. Oh, oh, temporarily out. Okay. At least it says that. I can read that. Very interesting. Okay. Well, we'll try again. Very attractive. Um, And about, let me see, what's the math on that? At least 100 and at least 70 or cheaper than the Watch 2 Pro. Okay. So there you go. Um, Keep an eye out. It's got to be there. 
It's like a listing in for it. There's information about it already. Just need Jami to acknowledge it. And then we can, we can move forward. And then to stock it. And, yeah. to, and, and to stock it so you can actually, <laughs> you can actually buy, buy one. That's, that is important. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. That was hardware. Now we've got apps. We did have two app stories, but we already told we, you about we jumped the, the gun on one. Yeah. <laughs> so that's okay. It got in there. It was just a little bit earlier. It totally fit into the story we were talking about earlier. So that makes sense. But. What else do we have? Apparently, I am on the uh, things getting minor redesigns <laughs> beat because not only did YouTube Music get that design um, change, but Google Maps is getting some redesigns, uh, some redesigned elements. And I don't know. I mean, they're, they're, they're not insignificant. They're just not major. But, you know, again, it, I think what it comes down to is kind of like a rounding of the edges um, also kind of revealing a little bit more. This is, this is like the current layout that we're seeing on the video view when you're looking at kind of your directions view um, or sorry, your search results view. The map gets covered uh, yep. entirely by your results. Oh, Things are trust me, you know, a little bit blockier and everything. The redesign kind of rounds things out. The uh, the search bar itself isn't you know taking up the whole third of the screen. Now it's like a little pill search bar overlaid, so you actually see the map behind it. Same with your results. Um, same with the kind of like the cards view down here if you're actually looking at a map. And that's just one aspect. There's also your actual directions are getting a little bit of a change along the same lines, right? Instead of being kind of like this overall, you know, taking over the entire uh, screen with information, which actually makes it feel incredibly dense with information, sometimes gives your eyes, you know, a challenge as far as like what to actually look at. Now they're starting to kind of let a little bit of that map creep through um, in different ways. And, you know, I, I do think that that actually helps your eye to know kind of what are the places that I should be looking at. Um, what is the information that I need right now? And it just kind of cleans up the view. This is the modern design aesthetic. And three years from now, we'll look at this and go, oh, my God. <laughs> but right now, it's new and fresh. They, they just keep tinkering. <laughs> and I'm glad that they're fixing it because it's been driving me crazy lately about like the number, oh, of, things, yeah, the number of things that just want to, um, you know, like I just want to know where I'm getting. And then all of a sudden, like stuff is covering, like you said, like the search result is covering the map. And especially when you're driving, it's such a it's such a function need so i'm glad that they are are addressing that so yeah yeah well that's not all ron no it's not because also in maps you will get this tiny little collar that's that's cool i like that I mean, that's neat. it is cool make it bigger for goodness sake well, no because if it's too big it's covering results yeah, right true. like I, I guess but i gotta see it in context on the phone i gotta see it in context to see if it's bigger enough but i i like that that's not it's subtle i like it now cast so. It's very subtle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you get your temperature of the, I'm assuming, of the area that you're looking at. And then the um, the AQI, the air quality index of that area as well. So that's it's kind of an overlay. Oh, it's too small. That's the world we live in now. It does feel a little too small. I mean, if it was a graphic, if it was like the layer yeah. graphic, then sure. fine. But, it's, but there's actual information in there. And I, I think from an accessibility standpoint, like don't go much smaller than, you know, these other buttons that have wording on it. Like that's tiny, the 224 AQI. But I get it. They don't want to cover up the map. Yep. 
So there you go. Is there anything else? I think that's about it. Oh, this is just like, you know, you get expanded information if you tap it. So you actually get the weather in the areas. Everybody uh, loves weather. Pop out. It makes sense. We- it weather, makes weather and maps, weather the works. two evergreen things uh, that we always uh, love. About yeah, now. I bet if we threw this in as a Patreon pick, it would have won. It would have won. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. totally. Which is why we didn't. Too easy. We want to make it easy on people. Oh, Everybody man. wanted their YouTube music news. I know. <laughs> um, well, Jason, while you were going over the maps, we did have a little, not, it's not breaking news, but we had a late addition into the apps oh, there okay. uh, that Michelle's going to tell us about quickly, though. So, um, Yeah, so if you use any application that invokes the Android system photo picker that was introduced first in Android 13 and then backported to Android 11 and later, um, you can finally select photos or videos that were stored online on your Google Photos account. So previously, any apps that use the photo picker, like, for example, the new Gemini for Android app. Like, if you open Gemini for Android and you select the camera icon and then you try to import a photo, that uses the Android photo picker. Before today, you could only select photos and videos that are stored locally on your Android device. But starting with the rollout of the February 2024 Google System update, and available on Android 12 and later, the photo picker is getting cloud media provider integration, starting with the Google Photos app. So um, apps that integrate this API that allows them to be set as a cloud media provider can be shown in the photo picker so that you can select them um, in whatever apps are invoking the photo picker, whether or not that be like Google Keep, the Messages app, Google Chat, and any other app that uses it. Um, previously, you know, like it was very limited. Like if you only, if you stored your memes, your (laughs) camera rolls, everything was stored locally, you could select it through the photo picker. But if you had anything else that was available only through online cloud media storage, like Google photos, you couldn't select that. But for now, finally you can, and this is an open API. So other third party apps like OneDrive, for example, could integrate with the Android photo picker, although Google is kind of using an allowless system. So like you can't just be any developer and have your app be integrated with this photo picker. You have to actually work with an OEM and have the OEM nominate your app. Um, I don't, I, I guess the reason they're doing it is because for security so that you don't have like, um, you know, like random images being inserted into the photo picker. I'm not exactly entirely sure why they're, limiting in such a way but that's the way it is right now and if you're using google photo at least this will begin rolling out soon cool how are you uh feeling about this win because i know photo pickers are are near and dear to your heart yeah they are um it's a good it's a step in the right direction so that is a thing is that where where so the, the big thing with photo picker is that sorry i was way away from my mic the big thing about photo picker is that it is a more secure way for you to share photos with an app without having to give them full permission to all of your photos on your device um and so that is a that is a thing and and one of the kind of big reasons to to that probably was um, just not a good reason to switch to is that it didn't support cloud and it, now it does. And it, looking at the post, what does make me feel a little bit like, oh, I wish it was more is that it looks like from the cloud provider is a radio button rather than like a check, uh, like a but like it, so it seems like you only have one provider at a time. Like just from looking at the UI, I don't know. Um, I, I only just read, the, read this now. And that makes me unhappy because I don't know about anybody else, but I have a lot of different, you know, f- media providers 
file providers on my phone. I've got Dropbox, I've got Drive, I've got Photos, I've got other things. So I'd like to see how this shakes out. I mean, it's it's definitely a step in the right direction. Um, I just... And it is weird, um, Michelle, as you said, for them to kind of more or less whitelist. That's probably a better phrase than using that, but basically kind of like having it be a little bit gated like this because there's already like a whole system on Android where, you know, any app can say, hey, I can provide you files, I can provide you media. And granted, that might it might not align with the new API, but I it, it, it again kind of is like, I don't, I you can sort of, I, I don't know. Like, I, I no, you're, uh, yeah, you're totally right. It does feel like they're kind of reinventing the wheel a bit. Like the old um, document system or the system file picker that this yeah. whole photo, photo picker is replacing that already supported integrating with yeah. Google photos, it just didn't look with right. Google yeah. drive, with like everything. everything. There was already an API and existing integrations with that. Yeah. All that basically needed was like an updated UI and like kind of just specific yeah. filtering for photos and videos. But instead we have this entirely new independent system that apps have to specifically add support for again. And over a year after it launched, we're finally getting integration with Google's own Photos app. So like when it, I like when are we going to get other apps? Like who knows? Yeah, and that's and that's the thing though is like and and I I kind of ranted about, you know, apps like Instagram and stuff kind of making their own pickers and and then being just like poor, but they're poor for the same reason the photo pick was poor is that you can only see photos on your device and you should just make it easier for people to just be able to have access to all their media cloud or not and Mm. again step in the right direction still a little this is like what i said about first impressions like uh, this is not going to get people to switch over to photo picker right away in my opinion but i don't know shall we shall we move on into email or (laughs) yes i will uh, i'll happily take the first one yeah Um, take the first one yeah so uh our first email uh comes in from blake in texas uh who wrote into contact at androidfaithful.com contact at androidfaithful.com we love to hear from you please send your emails Uh, blake says hello to the entire android faithful team uh, after using Galaxy devices for over five years, I decided to switch to the Pixel 8 Pro. Overall, I enjoy it and love not having two app stores to update. However, one thing I would love to replicate is the modes and routines it had. When I would connect the Bluetooth in my car, it would automatically update the Bluetooth volume on my Galaxy to 80%, so I almost never had to adjust my car volume. Um, and then uh, he goes on to say in the... <laughs> second there in the pixel settings the only available rules are for do not disturb and changing the ringer settings are you aware of any other app or tool to automatically change the volume similar to samsung is useful functionality that i hope pixel will adopt i've been team android since my htc evo 4g and i wouldn't have it any other way it's great listening to you all every week so thank you for sharing your passion and enthusiasm and thank you blake for writing in um uh when you you uh you had some suggestions about this uh uh to software yeah i didn't know i i was trying to look for this and I, I couldn't find anything that was like specifically about bluetooth volume i did see that you know way back in android 6 that android or google rather introduced absolute volume which is a feature meant to sync volume on your phone and bluetooth devices for you um of course when someone does something for you there's a good chance that you know you they will do it in a way that you don't like and there actually is a slew of articles and tips out there even today in 2024 about turning it off and this actually requires you turning on developer mode which is not that hard um but that kind of goes to show you about like you know I, i think it requires developer mode but anyway um what you can do is 
you know, um, maybe try turning off absolute volume and maybe if you do that, the individual device volume will be retained between connections. Um, and I think, I do think it does require developer mode, but, and if I can just get Shoots to scroll. Yeah, my suggestion would be a third-party automation app like Tasker or Automate. Just envisioning in my mind, this is probably one of the sim- simpler like automations you could set up. Just when yeah. connected to Bluetooth device, uh, whatever your Bluetooth device is called in your car, then change volume to 80%. And then when disconnect, restore volume. Like, pretty simple. You don't have to do much of anything to set it up. But uh, the challenge is the UI, like figuring out how the UI works. But, uh, yeah, there are some apps that make it really simple. Basically, like a block diagram. I think, like, Automate on Google Play is one of them, where it's just, like, you connect blocks together. Makes it much more... Like IFTT. Intuitive to use. Yeah, like IFTT. Um, I tried yeah, IFTT. It doesn't yeah. allow you to set it. It allows you to turn up the volume, but not for a Bluetooth device. It's just the phone volume, which interesting. Yeah. So I don't know if that's the challenge in having an app manage Bluetooth device IDs and then actually remembering per one. Um, but yeah, anyway. Um, but yeah, so barring that, if you can't do that, try turning that off developer options, go to settings and then go to systems menu and try turning up apps with volume. Maybe that'll work. But yeah, um, you'd think this was a thing, but apparently not. Yeah. I, I will say I will say on behalf of the legions of people who find Tasker to be completely intimidating, it is a, it is attractive to either have it be baked into the OS or have it have like a, a simple app to do it. Now I agree with you, Michelle. Like it's probably one of the simpler Tasker ones, but I understand some people have hesitation for that. So yeah. Oh well, something Samsung does that the Pixel doesn't do as well. Mm-hmm. So all right, um, Michelle, you got the uh, the next email. That's right. We got an email from Stealth Dave, who is wanting to tell us about the Photosphere option. So I've been a big fan of the Photosphere option on Google's camera app for quite a while now, and I've been very dismayed with recent news that the Photosphere option might be disappearing on newer phones. So I was thrilled over the weekend when I opened the camera on my Pixel 7 to find the Photosphere right there next to the panorama. This is the Photosphere that I took at the top of the Eagle Canyon run at Mammoth Mountain, California on Saturday. Yeah, and I'm working on it. Sorry, I didn't have that. Keep reading the email. Yeah, keep going. What I was really impressed with was how well my Pixel 7 was able to stitch the photos together into a seamless canvas. I've taken photospheres on a variety of phones, and while always impressive, there was always some visible tearing at the seams. But the Pixel 7, presumably with some help from its machine learning-focused processor, it really feels like the photo was taken with a single, magical, sphere-like camera lens. Love the new show, and thrilled to have the whole AAA gang back together. Keeping the faith, Stealth Dave. Thanks, Stealth. This looks really good. Photosphere lives. There's a little bit of a tear right there. It's it it does feel weird that they're getting rid of like 360 degree photos at a time when it's making a comeback with VR, and then Google and Samsung are going to release sometime soon, hopefully, their AR glasses. So like when this would actually be kind of useful to have a bunch of these photos to experience in. Maybe, maybe that's space, maybe someone you know? just realized. Oh, our bad. Undelete. Our bad. <laughs> it's like it's like they, when they got rid of Android Beam, and then Apple is like, yeah. "Hey, we got Android Beam on iPhones, but prettier now." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I forgot about photospheres. It's been a long time since I took a photosphere. That's for sure. Well, it's nice to see that it's not dead yet. Yeah. So. Not dead yet. <laughs> um. Thank you, Stealth Dave, for that email. 
And finally, Dave, different Dave, I think, or it's Stealth Dave, but not stealthy. <laughs> not a stealthy. <laughs> Dave in Virginia Beach says, uh, let me see here, get the email up for you. Hi, Android Faithful team. Congrats, Jason, for a great theme song. Thank you, Dave. Just one question. I know the music has the word Android before it drops the full beat, but the synth voice says something beforehand, something like activate. What's the word? This cracked me up. Really? Really? <laughs> See, I, I hear it every time, but you know, I made the song. It says Android Faithful. Android Faithful. I that's I, I thought it was very clear that it was Faithful as well, too, but maybe because I hear it all the time. I also hear it all the time. Well, no, but it says something like, it says, the, it's before it drops the full beat, but the synth voice says something beforehand. I know the music has the word Android something like activate is it faithful or is there anything are there any other words in that song jason it's just nope. android faithful nope. so it's faithful it's just, there you uh, go. That's your and, and there's the android which is the thing yeah. that dave i think is that talking might about be the activate that it, that might be the activate he's thinking of is the the, the the guttural android it says before no, before the drop no, no. yeah no he right. says i i love how we're deciphering this <laughs> i know the music has the word android before it yeah. drops the full beat which yeah. is true android yeah. um <laughs> But the well, synth voice, the only synth voice in there says something beforehand, something like activate, but it's, you know, we're going to play this song in like a minute from now. So we could, uh, yeah, yeah, so. <laughs> keep an eye, keep it our ears uh, open well, for that. Let's, let's see here. Let's see here. Is it possible to like play this and skip forward? I think I probably can here. No, I don't think you can. <laughs> no, you can't. No, you can't. But you we can't hear the whole skip thing. forward. Yeah, I know. It's frustrating. Oh, okay. Never mind. Yeah. Never mind. You're You'll just, just stay tuned a, to the end. Is, yeah. it, is it, that's a good excuse to wrap it up. All right. So email us at contact at androidfaithful.com. We do love to hear from you. Keep the good emails coming in. We want to pull the curtain, tell you about everything that there is. Um, <laughs> that's going to wrap it up for Android Faithful number 31. Thank you so much for listening. You guys are all the best. Before we go, uh, Jason, uh, tell everyone about the world of Jason Howell. Yeah. Well, um, I think if I'm going to point any everyone, I feel like I have so many different things that I'm pointing people to and that it might be confusing. Right now, I'm really working on getting some uh, regular kind of reviews content up on my YouTube channel. So go to yellowgoldstudios.com. That's a redirect. That'll take you to youtube.com slash at yellowgoldstudios. And right now, if you go there, you're just going to find episodes. I say just as if it's less lesser than, but it's actually pretty awesome. You're going to find all the episodes of AI Inside, including new one recording tomorrow, um, all of the episodes in video. And then I'm going to be uh, throwing some videos up there here. Hopefully by the end of this week, I'm going to have a review of the OnePlus Open. I know it's a little late, but I'm going to do my review treatment on that. And that's kind of like my test case for what my reviews are going to be going forward. And then I've got a bunch of other devices that I'm going to be reviewing in the future. So go to yellowgoldstudios.com. That's all I have to say about that. All right. Well, Win, quickly, while you're here, where can people find you? Android dev, ran about things like the photo picker. Not exactly, but other things like that. Find me at randomlytyping.com, talks, things like that. And find me at Monkey. really just on Instagram, but, you know, uh, maybe other places. And Michelle, where, where can people find you to get the latest on Android 15? Oh, yeah. Uh, now is a great time to follow me if you want to find out what's coming on Android 15, because as we said earlier this show, Android 15 is likely dropping on Thursday. So if you want to find out what's new, follow me on Twitter, X, Mastodon, Threads, whatever, at Michelle Rahman. And if you want to support my work and chat with me and others on my Discord group, you can go to patreon.com slash Michelle Rahman, and we'll be chatting about Android 15 
for weeks and months to come because there's so, so much to dig into. Months indeed. Very cool. Well, thank you, Michelle. And for me, you can follow me on social media. I'm at RonXO across all the stuff. You can find me. I'm easy to find. But I will say, uh, do us a favor. Tell your friends about the show. Write a review. Spread the word. Um, If you know people who listen to podcasts on Spotify, tell them to listen to the show. Um, Because we're really good on every other platform but Spotify for some reason. Fascinated by that. That's interesting. Yeah, it really is. I thought we'd be higher on Spotify, but we're not. But anyway, (laughs) a lot of people, we're very big on Pocket Cast. That's all I'll say. We're very, very big on Pocket Cast. So, <laughs> it makes sense. Um, does make sense. Uh, but yeah, please you know, help spread the word. You guys are our biggest uh, supporters, and we really appreciate that. Um, so uh, let people know. You can find everything at androidfaithful.com. Um, and that's going to wrap it up this week. And like I mentioned, over at androidfaithful.com, you can find links to subscribe to the show on all the various platforms. You can find a link to go support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash androidfaithful. Um, you can email us. Do all the stuff. It's all there at androidfaithful.com. We love you all uh, for tuning in. We record the show every Tuesday. Tuesday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, and then we release the podcast shortly thereafter, um, and you can watch the replay on YouTube. Um, And until next week, this has been Android Faithful, and we'll see you next time. Have a happy Valentine's Day, everybody. We love you. 